0: Three, one there are a lot of people who lie and get away with it. Over the North Atlantic, toward the East Coast of the United States. The United States is,
1: as the dominant empire, is connected to all the other countries. The other power just collapsed, made to collapse, made to collapse. That's one small step for man. I want to go a Apparently, official President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. There are two different uh, versions of
2: that theory. Uh, one is that the government had some information.
0: First, people have got to know whether or not their president is a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. It's a mystery. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. By the military industrial Inside Jobs, Brian, Gene, and Lee investigate Watergate.
2: Hello. In the early hours of June 17, 1972, security guard Frank Wills discovered taped locks in the Washington, D.C. complex, the Watergate Hotel, and called the police, who arrested five men attempting to break into the Democratic National Committee headquarters. In the subsequent investigation, federal agents and journalists uncovered a lengthy trail of evidence revealing illegal activities including slush funds, secret tapings, and obstruction of justice, a trail that led all the way to the chief executive, Richard Milhouse Nixon. The chain of evidence brought down Nixon's presidency and led to indictments against almost 70 of the president's men. Despite the wealth of information uncovered about the legal activities of Nixon's administration and reelection campaign, mysteries remain. Why were Republicans, who were all but guaranteed a presidential election victory, victory brazen enough to commit such a high-risk burglary? Does the film All the President's Men conform to Sid Field's screenplay structure as closely as he claims? Is Sir Anthony Hopkins' muddled, inconsistent Richard Nixon impression the greatest of all time? And to what extent did the assassination of John F. Kennedy play in the president's motives for cover-up? Joining me today to investigate the Watergate scandal are civilian investigator Gene O'Neill, Oh, hello. <laughs> and conspiracy expert and Sailor Jerry spokesperson, Lee Golden. Civilian posing as civilian is what you said. <laughs> I'm historian Brian Lane. Welcome to Inside Jobs. Now, uh, guys, in order to properly set up the events of the summer 1972 to summer 1974, we kind of have to go into the the background the deep background of who richard nixon was back to the birth of this nation yeah back to 1775 when those fateful shots were fired in massachusetts (laughs) how did nixon cover up those shots no uh, (laughs) i think we need to go into because because nixon had a pretty lengthy political life that actually came to an end before he saw his resurgence and became president again in 1968 and uh, right. I, I think some of the points uh, in his presidency are, or in his political life are actually pretty interesting because he's kind of, you know, for all of his later paranoia and lawbreaking, he's kind of the American story. Like he was born to a very hard scrabble life. Uh, his, his dad was a grocer in uh, Whittier, California. They didn't have much money. Two of his brothers died early on um, and he was able to get. You know, a scholarship into Duke, became a lawyer, served in World War II, became a, a representative and a senator. It's all it's all that sort of American story of pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. Yeah, skull didn't harden until he was
1: 18. Pardon? What was that, Gene? His skull. It didn't fully harden until he was like
0: uh, 18 or so. Yeah. But because- his heart hardened from the moment he was born on this planet. <laughs> Did you know he won all of his money um in poker. In poker during the war and that's how he like funded his first campaign in addition to mafia money. In addition
1: well, I... to Nazi collaborator money. Right. <laughs> that is not a joke.
2: Um no, it is it, 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 why don't you tell the story?
1: Oh, okay. Well, famous Nixon story uh when he was he had to be convinced to run for house of representatives and that was his first. And Brian, I'm going to ask you to uh, kind of back me up or correct me on facts here as I am kind of famous for uh flubbing facts here. Um, Just like Nixon. Yes. <laughs> but uh you know, his political career started um running for the house of representatives against a very strong incumbent Jerry, And I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Vouris, 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 Vouris. And, uh, a lot of, uh, big figures in oil and banking wanted to see him, uh, you know, uh, out of office. And Nixon was thought to be a good candidate coming out of World War II. Uh, but he, Nixon thought that he could make more money as a lawyer than, um, as a, uh, you know, house, as a representative. So it was out while he, his first job out of the war was, I believe, um, reviewing documents. Re- uh, recovered Nazi documents for the, uh, for the Navy. And Alan
0: Dulles, who, and I don't remember if it was Alan Dulles or his brother, um. Foster, Dean Foster Dulles or something like that.
1: John, I don't remember if it was Alan or John Foster Dulles who approached him. Yeah, John but, Foster Dulles, there you go. But they knew that there was gonna be evidence of, um, financial support from, uh, many of, uh, Many of the clients for their law firm. And they essentially approached Nixon and said, uh, we know, we, uh, know that, um, you're, uh, you're not gonna get, (laughs) God, how do I phrase this? Like, we know that, uh, you're kind of short on funds, so to speak, for, uh, for, um, your camp, for your, uh, for your camp, your political campaign. And, uh, basically it was this sort of handshake deal to basically pay him to uh, not necessarily destroy, but basically to cover up these uh, documents that were, you know, giving evidence of uh, collaboration from American corporations. And that was basically, that was essentially what funded his very first political campaign. And when I say funded his campaign, I mean like fund his livelihood.
2: Right. And so he, you know, he did. He was he was he was shady early on because he he in, in his in, in his initial uh, political campaigns he was you know very astute politician he had managed to get that kind of money from these sort of shady sources and then he was able to run uh, you know be an attack dog run a very vicious campaign he sharply
0: anti communist
2: yes and that was uh, that was w- w- one of his earliest you know earliest things that he was noted for because when he eventually uh When he eventually became a uh, a Congressperson, he got involved in the House Un-American Activities Committee, McCarthy's committee. Yeah, which is you, you know if you know about McCarthyism and the Red Scare of the of the late forties early fifties, he was very active and he uh, attacked Alger Hiss, kind of when no one else would. When 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 the committee had sort of determined that Albert Alger Hiss, oh he. He wasn't a communist. We can sort of let this guy go.
0: Nixon, you know. Got him on perjury. Yeah. Uh, he well, didn't he, get him on espionage, but he got him on perjury.
2: Right, because uh, his claimed that he never knew Whitaker Chambers, and then uh, Nixon was later able to uh, prove it. But, you know, sort of everyone else had, had let his go. Nixon, doggedly determined, created this very theatrical story about finding a roll of film in a pumpkin in a field and – Right, you know, he was able to disprove the uh, or uh, what Alger Hiss had said about never knowing Whitaker Chambers, and so he, you know, as as McCarthy is sort of falling, Nixon is rising as this very yeah. staunch anti communist figure in
0: American politics and the theatrical one at that. Yeah, you mentioned the pumpkin, and then later with the Checkers speech and his oh, the his checker trips speech to... is one
2: uh, so so uh, in nineteen fifty two. Eisenhower is running on the Republican ticket, and he's basically, you know, this is the man who helped us win World War II. He's basically undefeatable. A Um, classic
0: figure of the American war president, going back from George Washington through to to, um, Jackson and Eisenhower. Basically, if you lead the the country to victory.
2: (laughs) James Whitmore, who helped us defeat Saddam. Yeah, exactly. Through to
0: Bill Pullman, president during the Independence Day crisis,
2: right? Um, but so Nixon was kind of up for the job of vice president, and uh, in those days, probably more so than even now, the vice president was sort of the the guy who could get the dirty work done. He right. he was the guy who could attack the opponent, and uh, you know, often viciously do so. And they knew that Nixon would be that kind of guy for Eisenhower. However, it mm-hmm. sort of started to be insinuated and rumors came up that uh, he had a secret s- slush fund of mm-hmm. of money that had been
0: donated to his political campaign from... The violated know, campaign finance right, laws. Right,
2: the vo- violated campaign's finance laws. So it was, it was
0: actually a slushy fund um, yeah. at the local Quickie Mart,
2: so he was later let off the hook. Right. Uh, he and was only using that fun- those funds to buy Skittlebrow. <laughs> yeah. And there are some pretty shady
1: characters... Uh, that the money was coming from, like Howard Hughes, uh, right, Greek yeah. military, um... Hunt uh,
2: Hunt Oil uh, folks. Uh, so he he purchased he personally purchased airtime on American television, and and you know this this is still the time where television is beginning, and uh, people really didn't know the power that it could have in politics, and so he purchased a half hour, and he gets up there and he gives this long speech. That was later to be known as the checker speech because he detailed all of his everything we have, everything we owe. You know,
0: he, he basically The Republican got, cloth coat as it, opposed to a fur coat talking about his wife's coat. Yeah,
2: he, it, it's a really masterful political statement, uh, just full of lies, by the way. Um, right. He, he claims his wife, Pat, was born on St. Patrick's Day, which just isn't true. <laughs> 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 um, but he... He makes, he makes all of these statements and, and you can find the whole, the whole thing on YouTube. It's, it's fairly interesting to watch, uh, one of the very first definitive television political statements in this country's history. But he, uh, he won so much support and people found him to be so honest and forthcoming in that television spot that he nailed it and Eisenhower retained him on the ticket and they eventually
0: won two turns in office. And his next victory sort of in terms of political theatrics was, of course, the kitchen debate with Khrushchev, where again, he went in as the attack dog surrogate uh, into Russia, you know, whereas um, the president, Eisenhower, had to remain diplomatic with Khrushchev. Nixon could just go in and talk about how much better our kitchens were, which is really getting them at their gut, hitting right. the Russians and the, at the gut.
2: And the kitchen debates was basically there was... um at a, at a kind of a world's fair, which you'll, you'll, you know, I don't know why they do them anymore. They seem kind of sweet. They had a display of an Amer- a typical American kitchen and yeah. uh, Nixon was leading Khrushchev through it. And Khrushchev kind of didn't believe that a, a, a average American family could have a kitchen with so many technology, technological wonders, vacuums, mm. uh, garbage disposals, etc., And key, pepsi cola which uh, nixon convinced khrushchev to try and won him a spot of affection for pepsi executives for the rest of his life but so this was a very famous moment for nixon because he was able to you know publicly challenge the communists while still retaining uh, pu- publicly challenge and host the communists while still retaining yeah. the uh, persona and the identity of of rabid anti-communists all while manipulating intelligence to lead us into the kitchen wars
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) and to answer your question brian as to why they don't do those kind of world of tomorrow fairs anymore because it would all just be fuck robots
2: (laughs) uh so my point still stands why don't they They (laughs) the kids man
0: the kids can't see that I did actually see one of those future fairs and they had this very accurate robo woman. And I know I'm going a little bit off of uh, the track here, but this is important. And the the guy who was like interviewing her for this TV show, like tried to grab her breast and she hit him. So I think that's why they don't have those things very much.
2: Yeah, that pretty much brought the whole show down.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it made it great for me. Make a robot
1: that doesn't hit us when we try to touch its boobs.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're still working on that technology. That's what
1: real women are for. (laughs) for
2: hitting men uh so so nixon served eight years uh as uh eisenhower's vp he traveled the world Mm -hmm. he met all sorts of foreign heads of state he became enmeshed in the washington culture started strong links with the intelligence community he had a t-shirt from every hard rock cafe there was across the country (laughs) Uh which was only two in nineteen fifty eight. It was still impressive. It was. Nobody nobody really traveled
1: in those days. No one had both shirts. Yeah, we didn't have jet blue. You either had the Los Angeles shirt or you had the San Francisco shirt. You didn't have both.
2: But so uh so in nineteen sixty, Eisenhower's uh term as president comes to an end, or is coming to an end, and Nixon runs for the Republican nomination and clinches it.
0: Well, we got to talk about what Nixon was doing at the time, which was running the sort of covert ops, um, initiatives of the, the executive branch, um, mainly in Cuba. And this is where he was getting these CIA connections you were talking about. He's working with Howard Hunt, um, and Dick Helms from the CIA to set up track two in Cuba, which was essentially to try to whack, uh, Castro so that they could take him out before the debates of course they they didn't um and so kennedy hammered nixon and eisenhower for not taking out castro um during the debates and that was one of the reasons why he you know inched his way past nixon eventually in 60
2: right castro had come to power in 1959 and a lot of uh american business interests in cuba were suddenly found the door shut and america had been american money and corporate money specifically had been exploiting cuban resources yeah. since the end of the spanish american war so this is you know almost 60 years of um you know a economic play uh play field that was not mm-hmm. under economic uh U- u.s federal regulation but was so close that they could you know united fruit company gambling the mafia if yeah. you haven't seen godfather part two just go watch that
0: yeah it's- Or play the video game. Same. (laughs) And so... Or
1: watch City Slickers too, and watch uh, John Lovett's quote the movie. Yeah. That's the
0: best way.
2: Yeah, that's the best part.
1: This is the business we've chosen. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. But at first, um, we... we, Before uh, Castro went communist, we had people helping him out. Frank Sturgis, who was later one of the Watergate break-in guys, helped train... Um, Castro's troops and helped funnel, um, money, uh, and I'm sorry, not money, but guns into, uh, into, uh, Cuba for Castro's forces. But of course, eventually when they, they did go communist, uh, Castro's group, that's when we turned against him and started using, um, the mafia, uh, the CIA started using the mafia to try to, to whack the beard, to try to whack Castro. Um, and Nixon was sort of running the White House side of that operation. Um, so that kind of got him, Sort of connected either directly or indirectly to um, guys like Johnny Roselli, who were running mob operations down in Cuba and wanted to get Castro out after he went commie. But in the election of nineteen sixty,
2: Nixon uh, made a lot of poor moves against his uh, opponent JFK. Uh, Was making smooth moves against the ladies. I think Nixon Nixon uh, made three errors. One, he over campaigned. He campaigned in all 50 states, even as he got sick. Even in worthless Alaska, which
1: had no electoral votes at the time.
0: Despite its good view of Russia.
2: Also, Nixon forgot to be handsome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was his main mistake. Yeah,
2: he chose
1: not to be handsome.
2: Um, And so, you know, you'll hear the famous story of the very first televised debate where Nixon is haggard. He's got, you know, stubble all over his face. He's got he's coming off the flu. He's coming mm-hmm. off the. It was a staff infection, actually. His oh. fly
0: is down. Yeah,
2: he's not wearing his incredible Hulk tie. <laughs> um, and then and then JFK looks tanned, relaxed, comfortable, and strong. He was
0: getting inje- He was getting injections, or he uh, had some sort of he had so many drugs in his system that was causing him to look more tan.
1: Yeah, JFK also had, and this is not a joke. He had sex about like thirty or. Like thirty minutes to an hour before the debates to help him relax. He's getting a beej and not with his wife. Yeah, with a man, not with his wife.
2: Which is the key.
1: JFK fucked Nixon right before the debates.
2: If you go back and watch the um, that very first debate, it's a it's a uh, it's uh, I'm I'm going to confuse this. It's either a foreign policy or a domestic debate. And Mm -hmm. right off the bat, JFK gets to have his opening statement. And he totally doesn't talk about what the debate focus is. He's mm-hmm. all over the map, you know, making these very subtle, very masterful political condemnations of the Eisenhower um, uh, Eisenhower administration, specifically Dick Nixon. Yeah. And so when it turns to Nixon's time and he does, you know, stay the course on his prepared statement, he just he looks seems like crazy. a fool. Yeah, he seems crazy and he seems like a fool. And if right. you, if you actually watch the debate and focus on what they're saying... You know, it's a lot of political platitudes, but N- Nixon just seems so out of place. He seems like he's lost at a mm-hmm. lot of the questions, and although he does have a good command of a lot of these facts and information, JFK just seems so much, so more dominant, right? Because he's playing it on the attack. It's it's really interesting to watch if you, uh, and was, if you're familiar yeah, with that sort of and stuff. And it was
1: after that debate that they made a rule to stay on topic in presidential debates right exactly it's it's been honored ever since
2: (laughs) (laughs) but so nixon loses 1960 in 1962 he uh he runs for uh governor of california against pat brown uh who is the father of uh current california governor of r&b great james brown
0: yeah My, uh, great grandfather, who I'm named after Lee Sanger Edelson, was, uh, doing campaign writing for, uh, that, that 62, um, Brown campaign against Nixon. Oh, wow, and, really? And, um, yeah, they were, they were pals. You know, my great grandpa, he worked, he was, uh, editor in chief for the SF Chronicle. And, you know, Brown used to have dinner at his house and, you know.
2: And they would fuck, right?
0: Yeah. And yeah, they would fuck. And Jerry Brown was there too. So, you know, Jerry Brown was a little kid sitting at my, my family's dinner table back in the day. Just learning how two bodies become one, right? And that's how we became part of the conspiracy, my my golden family. Oh right. my god, the conspiracy reaches us, Brian. Yes, yeah, we're
1: through the looking glass.
2: <laughs> Follow the money. <laughs> um. So in 1962, uh, Nixon looks like he's gonna win. Um, he doesn't, and he gives this very famous uh concession speech. The kid- where.
0: You won't have Nixon to kick around anymore. Speech,
2: right? Where he gets up and for the press in the early hours uh, of uh, following the election, and he kind of just goes crazy. All right, I, I have to stop <laughs> us. For, I
1: have to stop us for a second, Lee. If you're gonna quote Nixon, you have to do it in the Nixon voice. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's an important okay.
2: feature of this episode. Yeah,
0: you won't have Nixon to kick around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the Nixon voice, right?
2: I was mid sip of my drink. Jesus. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. Actually, I'm sorry. You won't have Nixon to kick around anymore, Mister Spock. No, gee, that's not it either. Gee, you won't you have Nixon to kick around anymore. You can Bottle do it like pine.
1: you do like Hopkins. You won't sure. have Nixon to <laughs> kick around anymore.
0: <laughs> hey, buddy, we're gonna go out there and win this one. Yeah, he calls it. He calls his wife Buddy. Yeah, and uh, occasionally uh, my fiance and I call each other Buddy.
2: Oh, that's that's awesome. Um, yeah, no. So in this 1960 election, he he goes crazy and he he blames the media for uh his loss. He he's like, you should, if you're gonna if you're gonna follow around a candidate and write all these lies, you should at least have one person just writing down what they yeah. say. He railed
0: on Perez for drawing so much white jizz on his face on his blog. (laughs) Uh,
2: I I can't top that. That was amazing. Um, But then he said, uh, you won't have Dick Nixon to kick around anymore. This is my final press conference. And... Um. It was uh, a total Nixon implosion. Uh, Major media outlets started talking about the political obituary of of Richard Nixon. There was even a half-hour television special under that title. And everyone pretty much thought Nixon was done in American politics. And he mm-hmm. entered what are what are known as his wilderness years, where he went into the wilderness
0: on peyote and killed deer with his bare hands. He he figured out his spirit animal is a walrus. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so.
2: Yeah, so it, so he spent his wilderness real uh, years killing animals. You know, f- painting his face, writing uh,
0: memoirs,
2: <laughs> becoming um, president. <laughs> but yeah, no. He he started uh, sort of in the in the in the. He became a lawyer. He joined a law firm in New York. He started traveling. He was working with big corporate interests, including
0: oil interests, Pepsi, Larry Hagman, and Sonya from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> the movie isn't that her in the movie like like get like a like a call girl, the prostitute, yeah, who's like
2: rubbing his leg, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's Sonya from Mortal Kombat, which I thought was great.
2: Uh also uh the teacher from Billy Madison.
0: Oh, you're yeah, right. right. That is correct.
1: Miss Veronica Vaughn. The guy that Nixon, the guy that Chris Farley is talking about who got it on with Miss Veronica Vaughn was Richard Nixon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you remind me of your my daughter. <laughs> my grandmother met Nixon and my mother's name is Trisha. And uh, apparently when they met, my grandma was like, oh, my daughter's name is Trisha, too. And, and Dick was like, oh, that's very nice. And then came home and told that to my mom. And my mom was like, cried. that's gross. Richard Nixon is an awful monster. <laughs> Lee,
1: how is it that you have all of these political connections going back decades and you just do nothing? <laughs> Where are all your <laughs> sick political connections?
2: How? Who's to say that uh, that he doesn't have them? They're just hush hush. Oh
0: Yeah. Well, you know, as Nixon said in the Nixon tapes, Jews are born spies. You know, he talks about how we are better spies than um, African-American individuals um, because we're, you know, crafty by nature, essentially.
2: I'm sure Um, Nixon used the term African-American individuals (laughs) as well. We should have an 18 and a half minute gap
1: in this podcast to honor (laughs) Nixon and Lee's uh family's political
0: connection
2: i've hired rosemary woods to edit this episode (laughs) oh okay great she's just just gonna put her
0: she's gonna reach across all across (laughs) her office in a a really weird way way.
2: (laughs) oh why is that not a meme just edit that weird pose into different backgrounds (laughs) because
0: only jackasses like us like give a shit about that
2: nobody everybody has turned this episode off they do not care what we're (laughs) saying at this point
0: we have any? Have we even mentioned Watergate? I think you did at the beginning.
2: Yeah, I did at the beginning, but we have to get there. Uh, so let's uh, let's quickly get yeah. there. Uh, so as we discussed in our JFK episode, uh, Nixon was actually in Dallas uh, on the mm-hmm. day that JFK was shot. It was with George
1: H.W. Bush,
0: with George
2: H.W. Yeah.
1: Bush, with Howard Hunt,
0: Miss Veronica, whatever, with John
1: F. Kennedy.
2: <laughs> he was actually sitting next to him.
1: JFK yeah. was in Dallas. On the morning of JFK's assassination, <laughs> and he can't recall where he
2: was on the day of his own death. Um, so 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 Nixon was there. It was probably, It was apparently you know very very shocking and moving for him. Uh, but he was also there meeting with uh, businessmen, and he continued to do so for the rest of his wilderness period. Um, mm-hmm. making contacts, strengthening contacts, traveling the world, and
0: Bolstering his LinkedIn profile.
2: (laughs) Checking in all over the place on Foursquare. (laughs) He unlocked so many badges. Um,
0: (laughs) Even though he doesn't need no stinking badges.
2: (laughs) um, But so in in 1964, Barry Goldwater runs against Lyndon Johnson, and it's a disaster for the Republicans. But uh, Nixon's able to... Kind of come out with his hands clean, and not only with his hands clean, but having made very strong connections in the South. Mm-hmm. Because um, uh, it, it's it's probably too much to go into here, but the the political climate of the South was much different in those days. It was strongly Democratic, um, yeah. but uh, the Democratic Party was sort of fractured
0: because if they Nixon had, had won Texas in sixty. He would have been president then.
2: Right, and LBJ was one of the biggest reasons that JFK won. The other biggest reason was that JFK cheated. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, but so yeah, Nixon was making very strong southern connections with people like Strom Thurmond um, and Leonard Skynyrd. <laughs> he would make hate speech about Neil Young constantly, which southerners <laughs> loved. Um, but so he was he was he was well set up. And even though nobody else in the country believed Nixon would be able to run in 1968, he was very well situated for a run. Mm. And as the Democratic Party sort of shattered into a thousand pieces because LBJ was very popular for, you know, um, amongst a crescent of Democratic supporters because of his domestic programs, a lot of the southern and uh, urban Democrats did not care for his – uh, lbj's domestic programs and a lot of the you know labor didn't care for his labor motions and then other democrats hated his war his war policy because mm-hmm. he ramped up the vietnam war to you know obscene proportions during his presidency and so by the time lbj was coming around to Re-election, he had challengers in the Democratic Party and he got on, he got on, uh, television to make a uh, speech about Vietnam War. He spoke for 30 minutes about his policies and then at the end, to the surprise of basically everyone, even, even his aides and cabinet members who were off screen in the room as he was making the speech live on television, he announced that he would not run for re-election and would not accept a renomination.
1: And it was because uh, they accidentally <laughs> gave him an old speech by Eisenhower to read. Even he was
2: surprised yeah. to find out that he <laughs> right. was resigning. Oh, fuck. Can I take that back? Um, but so that caused uh, the Democratic vote to basically shatter a lot of different Democrats won for the election and basically split the vote amongst themselves. Especially horrible following... violence at the
0: convention, too. Horrible, horrible violence at Chicago. the convention,
2: Following earlier in the year, the assassination of Martin Luther King, the assassination of Robert Kennedy in California. In the middle
0: of the campaign, in the middle right, of the, yeah. the
2: primary. Right, A- yeah. Right after he had won the California, California primary, which in those days actually meant something.
1: All assassinations, including JFKs, that LBJ was personally responsible for. And some Democrats right. were upset with him about that. Right. Yeah. They,
0: Did you see the, the movie Bobby? That, that <laughs> No. No. Um, Anthony Hopkins is in the movie. As does, he like a play, does he play?
1: Does he play Robert F. Kennedy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. So my theory is that that actually is just Nixon, the same character in his wilderness period, that he just lives at the Ambassador Hotel, and wow. then that night he sees Bobby die and decides to run again. That's my conspiracy theory. Oh man, <laughs> do you think Emilio Estevez was involved? Oh. Absolutely, because his president is his father. Martin Sheen would later be president in the miniseries JFK, and then, of course, during the West Wing administration.
2: How do people not see that everything
1: is connected? Right. And it was in that movie that Martin Sheen uh, got the inspiration to run for president in the TV show The West Wing. Precisely.
0: God. It's all coming together, guys. Anyway, Watergate. <laughs> well, so so Nixon Nixon
2: won in 1968, and he was the president who just immediately started doing illegal things. So I think we'll take a break here, and we'll uh, we'll start it up again uh, talking about creep and the plumbers. We're gonna play some uh, messages from our
1: sponsors now.
0: to find a way to make tomorrow a brighter day making dreams reality
1: more than ever
2: nixon now for you and me welcome back to inside jobs we are investigating the watergate scandal And Richard Milhouse Nixon has just become the 37th president of the United States. Great. Great news. (laughs) You know, (laughs) everyone, it it was actually, uh, it actually was like one of the biggest landslides in American electoral history.
0: Yeah, it's the old don't blame me, I'm from Massachusetts here.
2: Yeah, um... So Nixon became president and he had a lot on his table. There was a lot of domestic strife, uh, riots run all over the country constantly. Mm-hmm. And the war was probably – pardon me. The war was probably one of the biggest issues on everyone's minds. Uh, yeah. And Nixon had stated that he sort of had a secret plan. Uh, it turned out he, he was
0: building a Death Star. <laughs> but then Luke blew it up. I mean <laughs> yeah. that's that's why.
2: Uh, but luckily he had another one that was still under construction, but was close to full functionality. Right. Um. No, but it turned out he lied. He did not have a secret plan. Yeah. But he did have uh, a very strong administration, including the likes of Henry Kissinger, and they had big plans for their foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Um. They you know, started ramping up bombing uh in Vietnam and began a process of Vietnamization, which mm-hmm. uh like like debathification in Iraq, it involved taking Vietnamese, <coughs> training them for the for the jobs that American soldiers were doing at that point and sending American troops home. Mm-hmm. Um but then he also had, you know, later on big plans to Open up China to the West, which was, you know, a really huge coup in terms of detente with the Soviet Union. Um, There's the old Vulcan saying that only Nixon could go to China. (laughs) And...
0: Uh, Are we going to mention that in every episode? Every (laughs) single...
2: That is going to be on my tombstone. Um, Right. But no, the the idea being that only Nixon, a hardline anti-communist, would have the strength to go to China... To open it up because people would know he wasn't soft on communism.
0: Or Klingonism.
2: Or, yes, exactly. Uh, But, so Nixon was making very big moves publicly, but he was also making very big moves privately, which included (laughs) illegally tapping uh, or illegally tailing political enemies, including Mm -hmm. the likes of Edward Kennedy, when, yeah. when Kennedy, uh, when Edward Kennedy, the, the final remaining brother, uh, he was, he was seen as a very, you know, a leader of the Democratic Party. And when Chappaquiddick happened, where he was driving a car that went off the road and, uh, a, a young secretary was killed, there was a big political scandal and Nixon immediately got, uh, some of his political operatives to start tailing Edward Kennedy to dig up more information about him and to see if he would ever be could ever be caught uh in extramarital affairs
0: yeah essentially what they were doing is setting up a secret intelligence capability um for the executive branch um and you're uh, not supposed not, to not have that even the CIA is not supposed to be ostensibly spying in America it's um, yeah it's it's not even it's not even for the executive branch uh it's really for the
2: private use of nixon serv- but it was yeah private use of richard nixon
1: who just wanted naked photos of edward kennedy <laughs> right
2: <laughs> god the guy was so hot back in the day he was tired of just ted kennedy's face pasted onto someone Pictures else's body of... he wanted <laughs> yeah it
0: was but it was jfk's body <laughs> naked
2: he wanted the real fucking thing man <laughs>
0: yeah um so these guys were called the plumbers and there was this thing called the committee to reelect the president creep and they wanted this and, and, the special election just
2: for for yeah for timeline purposes we sort of covered Nixon's presidency in that big fell swoop but now we're leading up to like, we just covered his
1: entire first term
0: right.
2: right so now we're leading up like 71 72 the Nixon administration is starting to think about reelection
0: yeah and they want it to be like the biggest landslide in history, so they create this committee to reelect um and it start these members of this uh, organization start engaging in this uh illicit espionage activity where they are uh you know breaking into uh people's offices and these guys, the plumbers um who were led by e Howard Hunt, who is a a former c i a guy and also a secret agent author um and uh, G. Gordon Liddy uh, was involved in this, as well as um, Frank Sturgis. And you know, Sturgis and Hunt had been involved in Track Two in Cuba, which was, of course, the executive action capability um, of the CIA to take out Castro—essentially a, a a murder squad, an assassination squad. And so, so these guys were doing
2: things like, you know, setting up slush funds for corporations to. um put money into that couldn't be traced and could be used for nixon's re-election but one of the big things was that in 1971 the pentagon papers were published
0: and dan yeah this ellsberg Daniel yeah ellsberg this
2: is this is a, a this is like thousands and thousands of paper uh, pages of memos and documents gathered by uh, or at the accent axi- at, at, at who was it gathered by it was gathered by um Robert McNamara, who requested a report on activities in Vietnam, and the Rand Corporation had access to it, and former Vietnam War supporter and soldier Daniel Ellsberg got a hold of it, realized the lies that were happening concerning Vietnam, photocopied all the pages secretly, smuggled it out, got it to the New York Times and other newspapers, and started publishing it. Now, the key to this is that the Pentagon Papers covered 1945 to 1967. None of that period of time is when Nixon is the president. So all of this information is coming up showing that every president since Truman has lied publicly in one way or another about Vietnam and the Vietnam War. However, sorry, I lost the, my train of thought. Uh Oh, so it, cho- it shows that all these presidents have lied. But none of them were Nixon, and yet Nixon was persuaded by Kissinger, amongst others, to really go after not only yeah not only the publishers of the Pentagon Papers, including the New York Times and the Washington Post, but Ellsberg but spe- himself.
0: Yeah, specifically Daniel Ellsberg, and he had the plumbers will break into Ellsberg's psychiatrist office to try to get some you know information about his private life to uh, make him look bad.
1: And to see um, if he had naked photos of Daniel Ellsberg.
0: <laughs> yeah, because previously he'd been posting Daniel Ellsberg's face over pictures of Ted Kennedy. Because <laughs> once he got the Kennedy
2: photos, he was just like, "Well, I need, I he need got to got so much, much, much glue he, everywhere." He went
1: mad with naked photo power.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that was the number one article of impeachment for him: the abuse right. of power, naked photos.
0: That scene of Jack Nicholson in Batman cutting up pictures and saying, you know, so much to do, so little time, was actually um, test footage for uh, the movie Nixon, um, <laughs> which Jack Nicholson was actually originally um, slated to uh, play. He was offered yeah. the role. So they just tinted his face white and put it in Batman.
2: God. And he he was cutting up naked pictures of Michael Keaton. That Nixon demanded in and 71. and putting them on
0: Kim Passenger.
2: <laughs> yeah, so so Howard Hunt and and these other operatives broke into Daniel Ellsberg's psychiatrist's office, and this is the kind of things that the plumbers and these other you know covert uh, intelligence agents for for Nixon did. They would try to you know they would <laughs> they would get the IRS to audit someone. They would mm-hmm. try to find embarrassing information about them and then leak it. Uh, in the 72 campaign, they were able to get, um, uh, you know, like letterheads from the various Democrats running for, for right. president and then publish them saying crazy things. Like on Muskie letterhead, they would publish a thing that like Hubert Humphrey has an out of wedlock child. Uh, and, and, you know, just crazy stuff. And so this kind of attack against Ellsberg is sort of par for the course for the kind of things that they were doing.
0: They would break into hot girls, um, apartments and say, I'm here to fix the plumbing and then have sex with them. Just like all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah.
2: Like, oh, I spilled this all over my shirt. Yeah. And they didn't even have plumbing (laughs) equipment with them.
0: No. They just had copies of Mario Brothers. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Mario uh, Mario Race Kart games, you know. Okay. Mario uh, Race Kart games. Beautiful. You sound about. like my mom. Beautiful. Are
0: you playing your Mario Race Kart game on wait? your
2: Pac-Man machine? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of a lot of information about Nixon <laughs> and I'm starting to talk like that. You guys in your Nintendo's you hippies yeah. with your new forms of consciousness, <laughs> what? traveling to secret worlds where you fight a dragon named Bowser. Um,
0: <laughs> when I first played poker against Bowser <laughs> during uh, World War II, he was a sharp mind. But uh, you know the uh, Koopas make uh, uh, you know not natural born spies. Jews are better spies. <laughs> That's a really great part of the Nixon tape. It's actually not the Nixon tapes, it's the Nixon cartridges, which came later.
2: <laughs> right, which were, you know, recordings of the 18 and a half minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was It was actually just 18 and a half minutes of the Back to the Future game on the, Nintendo. Well, was the pro- so difficult and stupid, they just cut out that part. <laughs> well,
2: the problem is the 18 and a half minutes. Nixon's giving away all the Konami secrets, <laughs> and Back, back,
1: left, BB. Yeah, you were supposed to call the Nintendo Power Hotline for those.
2: Right, this was pre-Game Genie, people. It was considered a
1: major uh, security leak.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs>
0: uh, oh, so the... <laughs> okay, we're losing it here. The, pl- <laughs>
2: the plumbers went after Ellsberg, and they failed, and Ellsberg is now an American hero.
0: Yeah, Brian and I both met him, actually. Yeah.
1: You mean he was a major liberal
2: hero? I'd right. say American hero, because the Pentagon Papers, as I said, covered presidents of both parties.
1: Oh, okay, so everyone got to be pissed.
2: Yeah, everyone was just, fuck, oh, this fucking war. Oh, God. Yeah. I need to take some acid.
0: <laughs> That's pretty much describes, like, our college experience, too. <laughs>
2: Um, But so so the Democratic uh, National Committee headquarters were located in the recently completed Watergate Hotel and Office Which complex. was named
1: after the Watergate scandal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really curious choice of name. Right. So, like the um, kids can't stop talking about this Watergate.
2: <laughs> so in early uh, in early 72, the burglars broke in and bugged the phones. And mm-hmm. they positioned a former—I uh, can't remember if it's FBI or CIA—but I think it's former FBI, FBI man across the street in the Howard Johnson who would listen to the to the bug. Yeah. Uh It's unknown what they were exactly looking for because—and of... that's the
0: real mystery here. That's why the mystery endures because we know it's a conspiracy. They were caught after the second break-in, or at least the second break-in. And, um, you know, tried and and convicted and, you know, ultimately Nixon resigned. So the real question is not was there a conspiracy, but what was the conspiracy about? Like, why were they there? Why were they so desperate to break in and bug this place when they were clearly on their way to victory? Everything was going fine for the president. It's not like he was going to lose. He won by a landslide in spite of the, the, the Watergate scandal. So. It, it, the, uh, the Nixon
2: trip to China had already happened, which was huge. Yeah. He had already made major announcements about Vietnam policy that were popular amongst most mainstream Americans. Um, he had, uh, you know, really engaged the labor movement. Send and-
0: Dr. Manhattan to Vietnam with the comedian. <laughs> <laughs> and, the,
2: and the boy
1: that he liked that was working for the Democratic Party he had already left his job, so he didn't even have to wonder what he was saying about him anymore.
0: Exactly. So there's a couple – this is where the conspiracy theory comes in is what was in there. Now, like I said earlier, these guys who were were either running or actually doing the breaking in um, were involved in track two, um, which was to take down Castro. So when the Kennedy assassination happened, a lot of people, including Nixon and RFK, thought that this was track two um, had developed an appetite – to kill someone and had blown back and killed the president of the United States, Kennedy, instead of Castro. So the the reason why they were breaking in was ostensibly or the reason why um, Nixon wanted to cover this all up was not because there, it was this burglary, but because it connected him to Hunt and Sturgis, which connected him to track two in Cuba, which tra- connected him to the mafia and possibly the assassination of JFK. Because – Nixon himself was a conspiracy theorist. You know, he didn't believe the, the, the full extent of the, the assassination was, was documented in the Warren Report. And neither did Johnson and neither did Bobby. And neither did Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan thought it was the Russians. So some of the biggest conspiracy theorists were the presidents themselves, which only furthers to spur on the rumors as they go on. Cause whether or not there were these grand conspiracies involved in all of the assassinations of the 1960s, Everybody thought there was, and they acted in a way where they were covering up things as though there was a conspiracy, whether there was or or not. And that's why it makes it incredibly difficult to figure this all out.
1: Man, so all the former presidents of the United States, if any of them were alive, would be big fans of
2: inside jobs.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I know Obama's listening to it right now. Jimmy
2: Carter loves it. I get Carter Institute emails daily. It's like I signed up for a mailing list.
0: I like that he writes the, the, letter, the emails. Hey, Brian, I, I really like what you're doing on your show. Come on down to museum.
2: Is that your Jimmy Carter? It's amazing.
0: I, I don't know. There was a, <laughs> there was a job application at the Jimmy Carter, um, um, library that I almost applied for, but they required a medical marijuana test.
2: Oops. At least well, not what. And I
0: wasn't, I wasn't on marijuana, so they wouldn't let me have the job.
2: Uh. (laughs) Uh, Jimmy Carter is such a joke to me I love it So the Watergate burglars uh, Were actually captured The second time And it was because they went back to Supposedly fix the bugs That they had planted in an earlier burglary attempt And then they wanted to go back a second time To do the plumbing Right
0: (laughs) Yeah, And to hook up with Uh, the hot girls there
2: Muskie had dropped such a shit (laughs) and he forgot to flush it and it was just (laughs) yeah yeah Muskie's a murderer he just murdered that toilet
0: they taped the toilet seat so they could keep it open but then the security guard saw the tape took it off but then they put the (laughs) tape back on oh wait no that was on the door that's actually how they did keep the how they did find out about the burglary is they taped the the door so it would stay open um and the security guard took it off and
2: that's actually that's actually uh, not true. Uh, recent information has determined that uh, Michelle Williams and Kirsten Dunst <laughs> right. were actually trying to sneak out of their mother's hotel and they taped the door. Right. So see, I, I, I thought bet that it, that was
1: the tape thing was that's real. I thought that was like I thought William Goldman put that in
0: for all the no actually.
2: Men. Actually, the uh, the guy who plays the security guard in All the President's Men is the security guard who found the tape. Ernie like, Hudson he, like,
0: from Ghostbusters.
2: <laughs> so they were just filming that movie as Watergate was you, happening? Yeah, yeah, they were like, oh, this is probably going to become a pretty <laughs> serious event. Let's film this and see where it goes. They and sent then they Nixon to break into Watergate, saying, yeah, it's, right. Right. it's
1: for a movie. It's just a movie.
0: Well, they had the tape early um, because uh, Darth Helmet had it on his ship.
1: Oh yeah. So they had the okay. tape before it was made. I think made. five references stacked on top of each other was pretty good. Okay. Yeah.
2: But no, uh, just to clarify to everyone, that really happened. The burglars broke in. They put tape on the door jam so that it wouldn't close, but it would appear cl- it, it it would close, but it wouldn't lock. Right. And, and you couldn't see the tape. But the security guard found it. He took it off. He came back again. It was on again. Yeah, they were
0: so dumb and- that they retaped it.
2: Yeah. So then they so the, so then they called. He called the cops. Cops found him and arrested the five of them. And then the rabbit hole yeah. was open because that's they
0: had um, Howard Hunt's name under like White House or W H in their address book, which traced it back to Hunt and then to Liddy. So in addition to the five guys who were actually there, it got connected back to Hunt and Liddy who were sort of running the operation but weren't there. And then that's when it then Liddy and Hunt led into the White House, um, and eventually back to the president. So there's these kind of two distinct groups of the conspiracy. There's the burglary guys, Hunt and all of his men, who are these Cuban guys and uh, CIA guys. And then there's the sort of White House component, which is um, Nixon's inner circle of lawyers um and advisors as well as um the attorney general John Mitchell who were sort of running the the cover up
2: yeah kind of nixon took a lot of the um administration uh, officials from his first term and put them on the crp the committee right. to reelect the president and so john mitchell mitchell had formerly been the attorney general and he was now heading creep and he had you know made payments and hired Quite a few people that were linked to the Watergate burglars. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and another person that was working for Creep was Chuck Colson, who was uh, the special counsel yeah. for President Nixon. This is like his his personal lawyer, more or less. Yeah, And he, he was just known as being one of the most amoral
0: hatchet men
2: in the business. They said that he would step over his own grandmother to
0: get Nixon reelected. And now there's like a Colson Institute or something like that. And well, he became, yeah, <laughs> he all, became a born again Christian after yeah. all this. Oh, that's the, that's like the really sick part about this. Is that all of these guys like kind of redefine themselves as these pious, these pious sort of men? Like, I think one of them—I don't was it McCord or one of the guys—he is now like a priest. Like he had, he wears like his little priest outfit when he's being yeah. interviewed by you know people. So, would it
1: have been less sick if they just went back to their lives of uh, political <laughs> sabotage and espionage?
0: They went straight to
2: work for President Ford,
0: right? <laughs> And now yeah, there's he, the ch- he
2: got the band back together for one last heist, <laughs> right? <laughs> Guys, we have one last heist that's going to take all of us. We have to break back into the Watergate yeah. to cover up what we did before.
0: Oh, and there's did-
1: this great scene where Gerald Ford and Al Pacino sit across from each other in a diner, right? <laughs> And warn each other to stay out of each other's way.
0: Do you think the plumbers had, like, a cool van and there was, like, a blind guy in there, like, in sneakers who was, like, listening to everything? Yeah, Whistler. Whistler, he yeah. Had,
2: he he had to drive the van at one point. I, right. He, yeah, that's why they got caught. It's because <laughs> Whistler wouldn't... was driving
0: the van, that's why they got caught. <laughs>
2: It's weird that Bob Woodward would go from working for the Washington Post to then being part of that secret team.
0: Yeah. We well, should get into better than him? Speaking of Woodward, we should get into some of the conspiracies about Deep Throat. So Deep Throat was ostensibly... It's
2: a technique of, uh, <laughs> you know, sucking a dick.
0: So that FBI secrets are revealed.
1: Yes. This is why we have special guest Brian Lane on the show. <laughs> to talk about
0: so weird blowjob stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: so this was, Deep Throat is the pseudonym that was, uh, attached to the secret informant who provided info to Woodward and, uh, of course, Bernstein, um, who were at the Washington Post, who were the guys who sort of wouldn't let Watergate die. Um, it hadn't been that big of a deal to break in. It didn't trace back to Nixon and he sailed through reelection, um, in a, the hugest landslide ever. Um, but these two guys, Woodward and Bernstein, wouldn't give up. They kept writing about it. And they've sort of been mythologized as these heroes because they were in the movie All the President's Men. But real conspiracy theorists are like, no, 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 no. Woodward and Bernstein were were not the the real guys who took down Nixon. That the the Watergate scandal was sort of the assassination of President Nixon, that whomever this dark cabal of people who were trying to take out two powerful presidents was they found that the assassination of JFK was too messy too violent so they wanted a, a different way to take down uh, this president who was also too powerful nixon
2: and and they wanted to get pictures of nixon deep throating <laughs> archibald cox so that's how it sort of got the ball rolling
0: cuz he has ball and cox in his name come on <laughs>
2: um yeah no that 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 is so by that theory deep throat who later i think only in 2005 was revealed to be w mark felt yeah um one of the top fbi men who was up for you know it's kind of been alleged that he was angry that after hoover died he was not appointed head of the fbi yeah um but uh. so so by that conspiracy theory that you just mentioned they're saying that deep throat kind of massaged the information that he was giving to woodward and bernstein in order to control them into releasing this information
0: yeah um there's yeah so felt was sort of revealed to be um the guy Um, but there's a lot of different um conspiracy theories about other alternative um guys who might have been uh, deep throat and also some people say that well deep throat was just a creation of the guys who were writing the the movie um and that it was actually multiple people that they were using and they compiled all of these people into uh, one person right and and let's just be honest the guys writing the movie
2: it was mostly matt damon alone <laughs> ben affleck had little to do with, with writing, writing, writing screenplay the screenplay for All the man. President's Men, even though they both got their names in the credits.
0: Right. My favorite candidates who f- for who Deep Throw might have been were H.W. Uh, Bush. Some people thought it was him. Yeah. Diane Sawyer. Okay. Gerald Ford kind of makes sense. These two are the the silliest ones. So – the second to silliest one is that it was Ben Stein.
1: <laughs> yeah. who yeah, that one's great.
0: Former host of Ben Stein's Money slash the guy who says Bueller, Bueller and Ferris Bueller and also taught at our alma mater. Uh, UC Santa crazy Cruz, crazy
1: intelligent design theorist. Yeah. Right.
0: But who was originally, um, I think he was a sp- Nixon speechwriter because he was the son of Nixon advisor Herbert Stein.
2: And yeah, there's a famous uh, f- uh, f- the video of Nixon saying goodbye to his staff. Yeah, and Ben Stein is there quietly sobbing. Yeah, going. <laughs>
0: Nixon, Nixon, Nixon.
1: Is that Nixon asking for himself?
0: <laughs> no, that's Bueller. That's uh, what's his name? That's Ben Stein as Bueller's teacher yeah, asking where sounded, Nixon is so- the next day. It
1: Sounded like you were doing a Nixon impression, painting this picture where Nixon is. Calling
2: role and no one's answering, and he says his own <laughs> For name. His own name. <laughs> That's because Anthony Hopkins plays a dual role in the film Nixon. Mm-hmm. He not only stars as Richard Nixon, he also stars as Ben Stein. Oh. So it's easy to get their voices confused,
0: right? Well, Hal Holbrook plays him in the movie, and uh, you know Hal Holbrook has has been in some uh, some cool movies. Um.
1: And after that performance, I mean, who didn't want Deep Throat to be just one person and not yeah. Uh, a compendium of
2: many people
0: he was also in the west wing and lincoln and i think some other movie called the kidnapping of the president or something so he also
2: played mark twain in a famous one-man traveling show oh
0: you're right so he was kind of just like the go-to guy for when they needed a mark twain slash a guy to be conspiratorial in like a presidential movie
1: yeah he was also in uh oh wait never mind I was going to say Face off. I was going to say all the presidents men but that <laughs> that's the movie we're yeah. talking about. I was picturing a different movie. I mean, um, I was picturing all the presidents men but I thought I was picturing a different movie.
2: Right. Right. So the, so that's actually one of the interesting things about the the 2005 revelation of uh Mark felt, Mark felt as uh, deep throat because in the past, Woodward, who seemed to who, who was the one who actually had the connection to yeah, Mark Felt, he was not
0: Yeah, with him for years. Um,
2: Woodward had kind of suggested that it was a compendium of, of, of individuals, and so saying that Deep Throat was Mark Felt kind of, you know, betrayed that. At the same time, it could have been that Woodward was trying to protect Felt, right, and his secrecy but it's it is kind of weird that he had said for a long time that it was a lot of different individuals. Well, he was pulling
0: um, he was pulling the same move that JJ J. Abrams is pulling in teasing who the villain is going to be for the next Star Trek movie. Like he's saying it's this one guy who's a Starfleet guy, but everyone knows it's either going to be Gary Mitchell or Khan. So it's the same kind of strategy.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um so when Khan uh, was meeting at Column Twenty Eight in Rosslyn, Virginia. Uh, he, you know, he put these earwigs into Woodward and Bernstein's ears to make them controlled do them into him. releasing the information.
0: Yeah, he put creatures in their bodies. <laughs>
2: That's a very good checkoff.
0: Oh, thank you. Um. Right.
2: No. What was I getting at? Oh, so uh, so the weird thing about the revelation of Felt, uh, him personally, is that he sort of just had a personal grudge, it seems. He was made he... of Felt. He was a Muppet. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but one of the earlier Muppets who's like stitched kind of weird and is actually
0: scary to children. And is really anti-Semitic um, for some reason.
2: Um no he uh he he seemed to have a very personal grudge. Uh Hoover had been had been head of the FBI for his entire life. He died during Nixon's presidency. And
0: uh wait, Hoover felt- was for his entire life? He was born the, no, I'm, head sorry, of I'm FBI? sorry. I meant I, I'm
2: sorry. I meant for the life of the FBI. Right. Uh he he had he had, he had led the FBI since it's uh since its founding. Man, now I'm sorry. just
0: imagining like um, a baby breaking up, like, bootleggers and stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I would watch that movie. Yeah. So, Felt thought that he should be appointed head of the FBI following Hoover's death. He wasn't.
0: A baby was.
2: The, yeah, Nixon appointed his own, <laughs> his daughter's own baby. Uh, Checkers the I,
0: dog. <laughs> che-
2: Help me take a bite out of crime. <laughs> it's me, Checkers. <laughs>
1: That he takes off the dog mass, and it's Nixon.
0: Oh, uh, Watergate solved. All right, guys, let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're already uh, home here together. I
1: promise, audience, we're going to converge on the real story behind Watergate. Uh, don't don't be Nixon and make
0: <laughs> empty promises. That's like the secret war. That's the secret uh, plan to end the podcast. It's like Nixon's secret plan to end the war. It doesn't really exist.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um God felt thought that he should be appointed. he wasn't, and so it seems to be that it was a personal grudge that he was leaking this information to Woodward uh kind of you know as a stab in the back to Nixon because it turns out that felt was like a crazy person. he had engaged in FBI secret activities like co Intel Pro mm-hmm. for which he was later prosecuted. This is stuff like... Um, investigating radical and anti-war groups mm-hmm. without warrants, illegally bugging them, that sort of stuff. he was you know derived straight from the same stripe as Nixon. yeah, he would Nixon go to colleges
0: would've... dressed up as Mark Twain, and also he would go shit, to colleges,
2: but... he would go to colleges with naked pictures of Mark Twain <laughs> that Nixon was so eager to get. I'm sorry. Jim, and then a, rea- and then a
1: real thing he did was <laughs> calling NORAD and uh, ordering bombings of uh, Damascus. Um, right. Yeah. Waiting for anyone to back me up on that. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for anyone to fact check me on that
2: one. Well, and, and what you're talking about is bombing Damascus just like last week. Like he is still in the shit. Yeah. You know, trying to get. Yeah. He still has
1: you
0: know,
2: NORAD's telephone number.
0: He was yeah, trying to get B- them to, bomb, they don't want to change it right. He was trying to get them to bomb some dumbasses that he had met earlier, but they misheard it and bombed Damascus.
2: Oh <laughs> also felt is dead, so he's leading the ghost FBI
0: right Wait. he yeah, because it's only babies and dead people that are allowed <laughs> to run the FBI.
2: <laughs> and That's, hell boy yeah you have to
0: be at the beginning or end of your life to be head of the federal bureau of investigation
2: um god so in uh as nixon was being investigated it turned out that there were secret tapes he had recording devices in the oval office and he would tape every conversation that he had these are conversations with people who both knew they were being recorded such as his top aides Ehrlichman and Haldeman mm-hmm. and people who had no idea they were being recorded, so people like Attorney General John Mitchell, um, special counsel John Dean, Henry Kissinger, all all sorts of figures in the Nixon White House were being recorded in these conversations. Once it became clear that the tapes were you know existed for his entire presidency archibald cox the special investigator uh, or special prosecutor for to find out you know how deep the conspiracy went into the nixon white house subpoenaed those tapes when they eventually showed up there were 18 and a half minutes missing and it turned out nixon was crazy as shit
0: and said lots uh, of swears and mean stuff yeah. about people
2: Just a lot of the tapes were just like crazy racist rants against Jews and and uh, other minorities and women. There's a famous uh, there's a famous one where he describes an episode of all in the family (laughs) uh <laughs> the, the best
0: one i think is the one about the bohemian grove which is this legendary yeah. uh, club in san francisco or outside of san francisco where former presidents current presidents all of the power elite of uh, it's, yeah, society it's mostly hang out.
2: conservatives i believe it's mostly what conservatives i believe
0: yeah very conservative although it's been said that uh, Bill Clinton was accused famously of going there and, you know, he yelled at some guy that he didn't, but there's some proof that he did. But anyway, Nixon definitely went yeah. down there and he had this, this is my favorite quote from Nixon, the Bohemian Grove that I attend from time to time um <laughs> is the most faggy goddamn thing you can ever imagine. That San Francisco <laughs> crowd goes in there. It's just terrible. I mean, I won't shake hands with anybody from San Francisco. So that I think is like my favorite uh, Watergate tape quote. Doesn't really have anything to do with the conspiracy, but it kind of paints a picture of this madman who was running your country and bombing,
2: right? So Nick, yeah, Nixon would just say crazy shit like that all the time. Yeah, Uh, and so when they finally released the uh, transcripts of the tapes to the public, all of the swears were you know replaced with brackets, expletive deleted,
0: racial slur deleted.
2: Yeah. And you would
1: and hear a like... boy you would hear a sound. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like a morning talk show, yeah.
2: TBS was uh... in charge of editing it. But yeah, that's why the transcript started at seven oh five as opposed to seven o'clock.
1: Yeah, right. That's why you'd hear mother fudger instead of motherfucker.
0: But there's this 18 and, half, uh, 18 and a half minutes that are, you know, missing, as Brian said, and that's the real heart of this conspiracy is like, God, he revealed so much damning stuff about himself, including the information that led to the articles of impeachment.
2: The, the, yeah, the smoking gun tape where he
0: right. revealed. Exactly. And so, like, the real yeah. question is what could be worse than that? What could be worse than the thing that destroyed his presidency? And it would be something the, that would have destroyed the his administ- life.
2: Sorry, the administration claims that Rosemary Woods, as we talked about before, the Nixon secretary and like diehard Nixon uh, so, uh, loyalist, claimed that she was reaching for the phone while transcribing the tape or recording the tape and put her foot down on the delete pedal that would be required to, to delete on this 70s uh, transcription device, held her foot down for 18 and a half minutes and then realized what she was doing and pulled her foot off, uh, which just seems crazy. And subsequent to that, investigations of the actual tape, like the physical tape itself, reveals that it was deleted in five, at least five, but maybe as many as nine segments. So it seems very deliberate that those 18 and a half minutes were deleted from, from the tapes. Right. And
1: Like they went back and like with the erase button again right it's like
2: it's back. like so like when you were trying to make the perfect mixtape for that girl you liked and maybe you accidentally stopped recording at the end of you know her favorite creed song and so you had to go back and re-record it all that stuff is left in the tape right
0: yeah that girl um, that he likes he calls her buddy
2: <laughs> hey buddy He's really
0: throwing let's her off. listen AT- to this
1: mixtape yeah. <laughs> i've got a 18 and a half minutes was the
2: shittiest mixtape ever
0: <laughs> yeah the, the, the mix, yeah, it was yeah just the mixtapes
2: it was just that john uh, john cage three minutes uh of silence track over and over again. right it was a, it was
0: a phil collins drum solo <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was a godspeed you black emperor song but they thought that that shit was too heavy for the american public uh No, but yeah, you're right. That's a very good way to put it. What would be more damning on that tape uh than the the quotes that brought down his presidency? And Yeah, so what were they, Brian? Probably
0: gonna bring up that whole Bay of Pigs incident. This... Exactly. Yeah, so there's this other quote um that's one of the most damning and it says uh Nixon muses, well, we protected Helms, Dick Helms, head of the CIA, um, from a hell of a lot of things. Hunt, Howard Hunt, will uncover a lot of things. You open up that scab, there's a hell of a lot of things. This involves these Cubans, Hunt, and a lot of hanky-panky. We have nothing to do with ourselves. It's likely to blow the whole bay of pigs thing. And um at first, you know, Halderman says, well, what is the the Bay of Pigs have to do with any of this. And Halderman later figured out that when Nixon was talking about the Bay of Pigs, he was actually talking about the assassination of Kennedy and how the Bay of Pigs was connected to that ostensibly, according to this conspiracy theory that track two eventually blew back onto Kennedy um, when the uh, assassination squad set up between the mafia and the CIA that Hunt was allegedly involved in um, developed an appetite for assassination. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Which, which, you know, it seems, it seems weird because Nixon was not exactly a selfless man. Um, and there, it, it would seem to me that you know, protecting. Uh, hunt and helms and the cia would not be in his first interest it would be protecting dick nixon Yeah, he sold
0: them all out He he sold them all out so why would he want to protect right. them so it, it would seem to me if that if that
2: conspiracy theory is true yeah he was protecting you know some sort of direct di- it was some sort of direct link from him to the the kennedy assassination yeah
1: See, when I read uh Arrogance of Power by Anthony Summers, and I read it a year ago, and I'm I'm foggy on details like I've been on every Nixon anecdote. Summers is a this wonderful
0: podcast. Summers is a wonderful madman though. I love his I read his one on uh on uh Hoover, so I I can imagine that one's great too.
1: And he uh he said he wrote in the book um that Nixon kind of felt pers- like, I, it's similar to what you said, that he was worried about that the, uh, track two kind of blew back on JFK, but that, um, he, I think Nixon had kind of credited himself for those original attempts to kill Castro and that he was afraid that the, uh, um, assassination attempts would be revealed. Uh.
0: Yeah, that seems more plausible.
2: He seems that the assassination yeah. attempts against Castro would be revealed?
1: Against, yeah, against Castro would be revealed, I guess, through the, uh, the Kennedy assassination. That Kennedy was killed in, is kind of like a, kind of a, a vindication, or not a vindication, but a, sort of his vengeance for, um, the assassination attempts, um, against Castro, which, um, Nixon kind of credited himself with spearheading as vice president under Eisenhower working in concert with the CIA
2: Man so so he wasn't trying to cover up specifically you know he didn't pull the trigger and he didn't hire anyone to pull the trigger against JFK but the american public would see that he was loosely connected inst- somehow Yeah yeah and that seems crazy like why would he cover that up but not the smoking gun thing that would kill his presidency
0: because
1: I think he thought I think I think also in the book it says that he didn't think that anything else in there would really derail his presidency. I guess and that was kinda of speaks to his um basically his lifetime of self. Yeah, because they
0: got him on obstruction of justice. Um
2: Right. Well, they eventually got him on absolutely nothing because he was pardoned. Uh, after he resigned, Ford Ford pardoned him.
0: Yeah, Ford Motor yeah, Company. Yeah, found
2: that sweet loophole. And that's actually another uh, aspect of the conspiracy. Um, for, did Ford and Nixon make a deal? Right. Like, did, did Ford kind of, um, you know, negotiate a deal with Nixon where, hey, if you resign, I will give you a full pardon? Was
0: Ford deep throat?
2: Was Ford deep-throating Nixon? <laughs>
0: To get him to resign,
2: <laughs> to get him to resign. But it's it's actually interesting because Nixon did not pardon anyone in relation to the uh, into the scandal. Right, he sold them all, including off. yeah, including Haldeman and Ehrlichman, who had been with him since the fifties, um, and. At one point, he apparently considered, like, pardoning himself uh, <laughs> before he resigned, which I don't think would work, uh, but it's kind of crazy to consider the American president committing crimes so great and being unsure of his future that he would just pardon himself.
0: Yeah, that that's, by the way, the presidential lingo for, for jacking off. It's like, hey, man, I pardoned myself in the Lincoln bedroom last night.
1: <laughs> Was that Clinton? <laughs> Or no, was that no? Experience? That was just
0: like vaguely. I'm a president in a movie who does awful things. Oh, that's kind sure. of an amalgamation, was, amalgamation. Oh, okay,
1: Southern president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, guys, let's sort of draw this to a close. What, who, what do you think is on that 18 and a half minutes?
0: Gosh, um, I mean, we 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 thought about it. Maybe being the Konami codes. We thought it might it might be the the mystery to the the Kennedy assassination. Um, I think it's him explaining the plans to Doc Brown's DeLorean. Um, mm.
1: Yeah. Oh, all the uh, results from game, all, from every uh, sporting event from 1950 <laughs> to nineteen fifty. Yeah, some people think it's that, definitely. <laughs> right.
0: Um, some people think it's the original script to uh, Star Wars that uh, Lucas says that he's had forever. Um, right. Some people think that it was um, evidence um, that linked him to 9-11, <laughs> which, <laughs> well,
2: it's 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 18 and a half minutes where a time traveler showed up in the Oval Office and revealed some real shit that was going to happen to America. Right. And he convinces Nixon to resign because he's like, listen, buddy, you do not want any part of this. It
0: is going to get crazy.
2: We're going to have Cola Wars. Cabbage Patch Kids are going to be involved. It's going to be crazy.
0: Oh, wait. I think I figured out what it is. The 18 and a half minutes is the 18 and a half minutes that Oliver Stone added back into the movie Nixon for the DVD special edition. Oh, shit. That is.
1: Oh, man. That is. That is harsh. the the part that the studio forced him out.
2: yeah so we figured out um what's on the 18 and a half minutes but what were they trying to find in the dnc why did they break in
1: uh also in the anthony summers book was that uh nixon got funded he didn't want people finding out his connection to howard hughes howard hughes uh was a major contributor to uh many of his political campaigns um and in return he got a major tax haven the uh Hughes Medical Institute um approved as a tax ex- uh, he got tax exempt status approved for it and they did really they did little uh whatever a, a medical institute would do to get tax exempt status it was just basically a tax shelter for Howard Hughes and then also um the Greek military uh Jun- junta junta H- word? junta junta it's a Spanish right word. um <clears throat> right uh funneled a lot of money illegally to nixon's presidential campaign in exchange for um uh basically american political support <clears throat> uh for their legitimacy uh should nixon take pa- take power. okay so he got major uh illegal campaign ca- he was afraid that um who was it uh um humphrey or uh he's afraid the democratic party knew about these connections.
2: Right. uh i wasn't really paying attention so what you said is that they're trying to break in because they knew the dnc headquarters had nude photos of howard hughes right
1: <laughs> right and nixon had been trying to see him naked forever well, and once he became a recluse it was basically impossible Well,
0: what they thought it was was and this is my theory is they thought it was a collection of you know All of those naked photos that everyone had been looking over throughout all the years. They thought that the DNC had collected them all together into one mama-jama of them all. And it was in a book. But then when Sturgis pulled the book out of the desk in the DNC, he pulled the cover off the book and realized it was actually a copy of Ooh La La. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh La La. Ooh la la. and then they busted open the doors and the cops arrested them and i think that's the man. secret of watergate yeah.
1: and then principal strickland busted. yeah the wall.
0: he they were trying to get it out of the drawer right but then principal strickland leaned back against his hand and he had to try not to scream so he wouldn't get caught man who yeah. who, who knew that nixon was such a horn dog <laughs>
2: yeah he, knew he was such a slacker
0: Yep. Yeah, well, I think that's. I think we figured it out. I think we can close the case and uh, put everything back. All the tapes, all the reel-to-reel tapes, back in the archives. I
2: think we yeah. can oh, make so like we... a tree and Nixon
0: <laughs> make like a tree and resign in disgrace. <laughs> Man, that's about as dumb as the screen door on that boat from the Gulf of Tonkin incident. <laughs> I'm going
2: to die. what is with
0: all these back to future references what is this the the nerdist
2: all right thank you for listening to inside jobs i would like to apologize to our fans we didn't have an episode for several weeks because of various personal problems on my behalf and uh Lee, you went out of town to Paris and something magical happened.
0: Yes, I got into a very big personal uh problem called being engaged. Um Woo Yes, and I uncovered a conspiracy um while finding the ring for my sweetheart Sheree. I uncovered a vast conspiracy by the liberal Jewish media to put push forward gay marriage laws. So that more people will get married so that we can sell more Jew gold in the form of wedding rings. So that's the secret I uncovered uh, while proposing to my soon-to-be wife in uh, gay Paris.
2: Well, congratulations, Lee, for both uh, becoming engaged and uncovering that mystery. If you were offended by the last thing that (laughs) Lee said, you can get in touch with us. We're (laughs) on Twitter. At InsideJobsCast, or uh, you can email us InsideJobsCast at gmail dot com. Our uh, our website is InsideJobsCast dot com as well. Please. Oh, and if you want to, sorry if you want to if you want to call in and and tell tell us what you thought about like what's on the 18 and a half minutes or why they were going to DNC headquarters, you can give us a call on our hotline 413-225-1963. Ooh. And 1963. Yeah, I know. I, I scored that one. And you can uh, leave us a message uh, on our Google voice hotline uh, about anything about the show. Really?
0: Please send us
2: naked pictures of political figures from the 1960s and 1970s. God, if you have naked pictures of anyone, I'm talking anyone <laughs> Stokely Carmichael Angela Davis Any of the Quades <laughs> Any
1: of the Quades Any of the Sheen Well let's be real Randy Quade nude photos are in
2: wide existence Right wide It's kind of like how
0: they made all those baseball cards in the 90s And they stopped being worth stuff
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, But th- I would like to thank the two of you Lee congratulations and thank you for joining us And enlightening us about the Watergate scandal
0: you're very welcome. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to solve one of the greatest mysteries of our time.
2: And Gene, I would like to also thank you for participating in this episode. <laughs> and contributing. <more. laughs> Contrib- contributing <laughs> solid gold, I would say. Yeah. Your your contributions are oh. worth more because when you speak, it immediately turns into gold. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which Nixon devalued. Um but yeah, no. So thank you very much for listening to the show, and uh, we will be back soon with another episode uh, where we get to the bottom of some shit. <laughs> yep. Bye.
1: Bye. Turn
2: off the Bye. Podcast. These yeah. Are- yeah. Just turn turn it off.